Welcome to the 29th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am your Majestic Champion, Tiger Height. And I am your former Majestic Champion, Peanut Gallery. So, um, in lieu of an actual show, we are going well, to... Well, this is an actual show. But... Well, yeah, but I mean, like, for a pay-per-view review. We're right. going to do a review of Dark Side of the Ring. Now, last year, we did each episode for one, because obviously we were in a pandemic. There was literally nothing else to talk about. But since there is not... We don't have to worry about that. So we're going to do all the episodes in one big review. Episode. Right. Um, we will we'll go down individually right. on those because there's, I think there's a lot to talk about in each one of them. Yes. Um, and then we will, you know, go on from there. So overall, throughout the whole season, mm -hmm. what were your thoughts about it? Well, I thought it was very well produced. Um, you know, I thought it was, obviously, there's only three seasons, but I thought it was one of the better seasons that they've mm -hmm. done. Um, definitely a lot more obscure things that I didn't know about, so it was a great history lesson for me, too. Right, and I think that's the one thing that I'm a little disappointed about, is that people were giving it all-time low viewers. I'm like, these, these are great, very interesting episodes. But I think it's because they're so obscure in terms of, you know, like, who these wrestlers were were and right. that sort of thing you know you got some big names but you also got a lot of names that maybe didn't have as much of an impact right on the wrestling industry right or some that maybe should have more credibility to it and i think i think this season is going to be more of the season that people will go back to later and watch right. it because instead of the current again, i think a lot of people are just being introduced right. to a this lot isn't, of this isn't this ain't like the von eric family tragedies right. or chris benoit eddie guerrero that's right. not that we already covered those um but let's talk about our first at least part one of the episodes and yeah. that is the first brian pillman episode yes um the one thing that i broke upon it and i don't want to speak ill of the dead well i mean at this point i really don't care but he really did a lot of deplorable stuff he oh, yeah. cheated on like three of his ex-wives and had kids oh, with yeah. all of them oh yeah um that was a bit rough. Uh -huh. Like I'm like, wow, that's ugh, not entirely the best of, you know, things. But here's the thing: at least give him credit for he took responsibility for right. those decisions, and right. I think that at least gives credence. But then you get to where the for the second wife yeah. committed suicide, right? And his and Melanie's direct um, actions that made it that right. You know, that's something that you just don't do right. in some way. Yeah. Um, it was very poorly. And once again, he did the right thing. Uh, right. He felt, but, but it was very poor. It was in poor taste. It was. what they did. It was in poor taste. It was, it was in poor taste. And I think at least even, even Melanie now right. understands of how big of a decision that is. Like, right. Unless the mother is outright terribly, horribly bad, mm -hmm. never separate your children from right. either parent. Either right. unless they're like abusing them, but right. there was never abuse. Right. So, um, I, I really liked the little story into this episode as well. I thought they really broke it down like very, very nicely. Yeah, and they did it in a way that I thought was still respectful despite the um. Despite the shortcomings that Brian Pillman had. Right. So, I definitely like this episode. And let's go into episode number two. I do not believe that Brian Pillman's story 
had to be told in two different episodes. I, I don't think so, because they kind of stretch things out by quite a bit, but... The it, second you know. episode was really, really prevalent with all of that, uh, with that stretching. It's like, right. okay, um, there were some things maybe you could have broken down less, and they just didn't, but right. that's, that's being really nitpicky. Um, I thought they focused more on the career of Pillman, at least at the very tail end of it. Yeah. Um, and then up to his death and in this I, episode. I, you know, again, it's just one of those things where I feel like it didn't need to be a two-parter, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Both of them were very, very good. Yes. And they, you know, even what happened with Melanie and them, they still ended it on a really yeah. good note. And I think, especially with something as heavy as what Dark Side of the Ring covers... You need to do that. You right. need to wrap it up in a nice bow to where there's a legacy there, but every legacy will have problems. Right. And Brian Pillman was not a perfect person. Right. But he should still be commended for what he did with the industry, what he exactly. contributed. Um, that's really what I got out of it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Nick Gage. Ooh, this one was this one was interesting because you know. Uh, GCW and Deathmatch Wrestling just in general have become more prominent in recent years. Right. Uh, and it was, you know, and it, it was, you know, of course we got big stars involved in it like Matt Cardona and John Moxley, just to name a few who right. have been involved in GCW. And then, and then Nick Gage is on AEW because of this episode. Right. So what I really liked about this is that, number one, he was there and he really put everything on the table. Everything from his right. relationship from his brother to his prison sentences to everything. Right. And he did not hold back, and that's what I really liked about this, yeah. is that it was very raw and very authentic. Yes, and so I think this one actually was one of my favorite episodes. I, whole. You know, I had that same thing. This one was, there, there was a certain charm to it that I really, really liked. Yeah, and I like the honesty. You know, mm -hmm. you can kind of look at Nick Gage now, and this is an honest guy. He, he's very open about his past, even right. though, you know, it wasn't very and he, good. But and, it's, right, and here's the thing as well, is he has not... Not gone away from this deathmatch wrestling. He is Nick Gage inside and outside the ring. Right. And, you know, especially with some of the harder stuff, like he wrestled the day he learned that his brother died. Right. And, you know, that that's probably super rough. And yeah. he was very open about that, no problem. And I actually tend to like the guy. Right. Like, no matter what he did and no matter what his attitude is, I, I really feel that authenticity is something that I could hang out and, with, and you know? And it's something that's relevant, more relevant to today's day and age. We I are think not so, too. We're talking about some obscure thing. We're talking about an obscure thing, but it's become mm -hmm. more mainstream over the years. Right. Um, you know, especially given the rise of GCW as a promotion. Mm-hmm. The tournament of death and more people are interested in that indie sort of wrestling now. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've been to. I've been to a tournament of death. And they're right. a lot of fun. It's just keep in mind of how apt. I mean, this is hardcore stuff. Yeah. People are literally shooting up drugs and drinking a lot of fucking alcohol before the show. It's literally like the Dark Carnival, which I've been to as well. It's like a big block party of just debauchery. Yeah. Like, it's very, very heavy. And I think they really did well. I love the old footage, yeah. too. And it's like, wow, there's a lot here. And I, I love this episode. I, I would say of any episode throughout this, this is one of the episodes where I say watch it. Mm -hmm. Like, this one was really interesting. 
All right, Collision in Korea. I, I this I, one this, this one was, was bona fide my favorite. This episode. was this was the one I was most looking forward to. And they knocked it out of the park. It was it was a very it was a good episode. Um, I wish that they had had more people like talk about it. Right. Um, I really wish they had Flair talk about it. Right. They they did not get Flair to talk about it, but I feel like this one. I, think was something where flair had to be a part right, of right exactly but it was it was still a great episode it was one that i really was looking forward to mm-hmm. and um they did a pretty good job with uh telling the story i really liked how they incorporated why they went there with antonio Noki and then his mentor who was a north korean in japan and at that time Right. That was super, super taboo. I mean, right. people died if you were in North Korea. And it's almost like if you're in the like in the heat of the Civil War, it's literally like a, bl- a former black slave going back to the South. Right. It was that crazy. And that's why Ricky Dozen died. Like, he was straight up murdered by the Yakuza. Right. But Antonio Noki, with that connection, was, you know, and he was also a superpower. And it was amazing what he did. Yeah. I mean, I give, give Antonio Noki credit there. He got them there. And I... I wish we had more Antonio Inoki talking. Yeah. He was on the episode. Yeah. But he wasn't in it as much as I really wanted well, him I to. Well, I think be. it's because the language barrier would create some issues. Right. So I think they wanted to get more people from more right. American perspective. Um, I really, I really, it. yeah, I, I guess that's true. Um, I really like the Scott Norton mm-hmm. stories. That one was really good. And I love the Eric Bischoff one where he went running and people looked at him like the craziest thing in the world. Those are the kinds of things where not only you're learning about like pro wrestling history, but you're learning about a different culture too. And just think of how unbelievably scary it is for these people who have never seen anybody but a North Korean, especially an American running down their street like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. I, I, this, like I said, this one was probably my all time favorite episode throughout the whole season Mm -hmm. just because of how, yeah, Amazing it was. Yeah. Also, I, I loved the footage of like Flair talking yeah. about the gr- the great leader. Like that was some fun stuff. Yeah, I loved it. It was Ultimate Warrior. Oof. I was a little disappointed in this episode. I thought they were going to go a little bit deeper. It didn't have enough substance. I think for me, I think so too. Um, a lot of it was based around the first wife, which I didn't even know he had a first wife. Right. Um. I really obviously we can't you know they can't he, get well, Dana he died Warrior they, this, right? right they can't get Dana Warrior to talk because she sold she, her soul but she's she's selling out the name so it's like whatever who cares right um I really wanted to see maybe some other wrestlers who competed against the Warrior they had a few of them yeah but once again this is where we needed a big name we needed like that Hulk Hogan come in here and talk about this. Mm. Is this something that never really came to pass? And it's and I think I think that's why the I think that's why the season is getting lower marks too, because there aren't a lot of bigger you didn't get a lot of huge names talking about it. Right. Uh, we got a lot of Dave Meltzer, which I really didn't like, although we got Wade Keller to talk too, which was for one for one episode. He was only in it for like one episode, wasn't he? Yeah, Wade the Keller. The steroid trial. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I wish he was in I really I wish, wish he was, he was in, in there more. more of it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, more Wade Keller. I one hundred percent less. Uh, nothing, less, nothing against nothing against Meltzer, but it's Dave only Meltzer coming, just has a reputation, right? And it's coming from one perspective. I wanted to see more wrestling journalist perspectives, even former ones, which is why number one, I love the steroid trial because we got like four or five different people, right. and it's like it, there wasn't only one person covering the Ultimate Warrior's career and what happened. Right. There was a pro wrestling torch and a bunch of those really early pro wrestling podcasts yeah. that we just did not get to hear from. Right. 
you know? Mm -hmm. um, the, like I said, this one, a little lackluster. I think the Warriors episode should have been a two-parter, not Pillman's. Right. I think there was more about Warriors' career and his post-match career yeah. than um, Brian Pillman. Mm -hmm. I, I think that one probably would have been a lot better because Warrior yeah. stuff on the outside. I wanted to see more about what he did after the comic books and the crazy ranty interviews. But here's the thing. I think Dana owns a lot of the intellectual property of the right. Warriors, so they had to be really careful about what to talk about. Right. Come on, Dana. Like This was where you needed to be authentic, and this really actually hurt the Warriors' reputation more mm -hmm. than I think they want to admit. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one you did not like. This one was rough. This was Grizzly Smith. Oh, that's right. Grizzly Smith, that fucking fucker, man. Um, I have never heard such a deeply disturbed family life than I heard from the Smith family. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody getting molested. Everybody getting molested. And then Grizzly Smith taking people's kids that were like 9, 10, 11, like on road trips. Yeah. What? How? I mean, was Grizzly... I mean, I was not in there with Grizzly Smith. Obviously, it was not my generation. But was he really that big of a star? I, like, in that era? Like, legitimately. People yeah. just... Here, here's six foot eight, 300-pound guy. Here's my nine-year-old daughter. Just take her on a road trip. It's like, where are the parents in this? Right? And, you know... It, it, was, it was very disturbing. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one... I think... This is where people kind of get turned off is because Grizzly Smith is not a name that is very well known yeah, but, within but, this generation. Now, but, but, obviously, but the names the names attached to it, obviously Jake the Sink Roberts and um, Rockin' Robin and the other brother, and they had all the family there, which I love. This one, I think, like, interview-wise, I like the, was the most. Best, yeah. yeah. Because we got multiple perspectives of people who lived through it in that generation. Right, but Grizzly Smith himself, not someone that I, I didn't even know who Grizzly Smith was until this episode. Right. I think they really should have promoted that this was the family of Grizzly Smith, right, not that, just Grizzly Smith. Right. Obviously. And they, they tried to do that, but unless, you know, I mean, obviously most people just know it because Jake the Snake Roberts. Right. They, that's and the then, and then Rock and Robin. I didn't know that Jake the Snake Roberts and Rock and Robin were related until I, this episode. I didn't even came know out. who Rock and Robin was. Oh, she was super instrumental in the early WWF women's wrestling. And see, again, if you why don't didn't you know talk it, about you that? Right. Right. So I if think, you don't know it, you don't know it. This is a super niche thing, and I this think, is and, I, and I think that and I'm again, talking. This I, is where the theme comes in as to why this one isn't as popular, is because it gets more into little niche stuff where we don't, you don't necessarily know it unless you just know it, right? Sort of thing, exactly. And uh, oh, do you want to say anything else, or do you want to continue no, let's, with the final? Uh, let's continue now, on. I I did like this episode, but I f this is um uh, Dynamite Kid. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I should, probably should say the names. You were doing well in the up and down. Um, with Dynamite Kid, this guy was a total dick, but here's the issue. I knew a lot more about what he did to the family, and they totally brushed that off. Right. And I did not like that. I, I get it. It's hard to talk about. But when you have an episode like a Dynamite Kid, it's something that has to be brought up. Right. It, it does. Also, the wife... Total Stockholm Syndrome. 
Oh, yeah. That was the one thing that I noticed. Um, I think the daughters were a lot more authentic about who their dad was right. than the wife by a mile. Yes. yes, and I got that same feeling. And I did not like that. I think that the wife should not have been the main focus of this episode. It should have been the daughters right. because the daughters were a lot – despite them being as young as they were – they were more authentic of who the dad was right. than the wife. Exactly. The, the wife was like, oh, there, I mean, there was a legacy with Dynamite, definitely. But it's hard to put Dynamite into the Hall of Fame by himself. If you're going to do it, it has to be with the British Bulldogs. Right. Because he only wrestled with the British Bulldogs in the WWF. Right. That was it. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did like the contributions with him in Japan, like his stuff with like tiger mask. That stuff is yeah. super interesting. Um, I think there was a balancing act, but I feel like once again, the focus was in the wrong place with yeah, it was. Yeah. So, um, that was seven episodes. We'll do the final seven. Uh, when we, when come we back. yeah, when we come back. All right, we are back, and we're going to be talking about the final seven episodes of the third season of Dark Side of the Ring. We got to start with the plane ride from hell. Oh, boy. Now, this one. This is one I really want to break down because here's the thing. This is where Tommy Dreamer got in trouble. Yeah. Number one, Ric Flair should have been on this episode. Yeah. Like, 100%. I do not believe Tommy Dreamer's comments warranted him getting in trouble. I, I just don't. No. I think that it was unnecessary. It especially was. for what it is at this time. I think Rob Van Dam made more disparaging comments than Tommy Dreamer did. Right. I think he was more defensive to Flair than Tommy Dreamer was. Yes. Um I think what I, I think this actually discredited the um the uh the what's her name, the person who sued the WWF for the um, sexual harassment stuff with Flair because she right. took the settlement. Right. Like, it was a total cash grab. Right, it like, was. Legitimately a cash grab. Yeah. And I hate saying that, but that was what I saw. Yeah. Um, I loved the... I really wanted to see even Lesnar get on this episode. Like, right. legitimately. I, that was going to be a shot in the dark. It wasn't going to happen. But here's the other thing about this, too. The other thing about this is, and I think this is another thing where I can bash on this season for, is that there are inconsistencies in the story. So right. one of the biggest ones being that Vince McMahon was not actually on that flight. Yeah, the, the, neither Vince or Linda were on this flight right. at all, and they said that they were. Right. They they said, well, they implied that they were on the same flight in the tour, but they never specified that Vince and Linda were not on that flight. No, the, the, how they worded it sounded like Vince and Linda were on this flight. Right. And, and so that, you know, maybe that wasn't intentional, but it was a... It was super heavily it implied. It was, yes, it was super heavily implied. And I think this is where it kind of lost a little bit of credibility on Vice's part to make sure they got all the facts straight. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So um, that's all I have to say about that. What I, what I really wanted to see more so of is the charter company, maybe like an executive or something, talk about what happened. Right. From that point. And I know with WWE stuff, it's a little bit harder to do because it's on the nose. But I feel like maybe another perspective on that side of the company. Right. Would have been interesting because we only got the conversation from 
what's her name? That's it. From the flight attendant. Exactly. And I feel like that was I, I feel like that was dishonest. Yeah. There was a there was a lot of dishonesty with this episode there that was. I did not like. I know. And this then, was this was one of the weakest episodes that Dark was. Side of the Ring ever this did. This could have been a strong episode, but it was just riddled yep. with problems and inconsistencies, and then it just has a stink afterwards. Exactly. I didn't like it. All right. Uh, Chris Canyon. I think All this right. one. I think this one was my most intrigue, the most intriguing episode. Right. Um. I think that this is definitely a sign of that generate that era. Yeah. Where he was very closeted, very protective about his identity, and you know, I think it's a lot harder for people to really understand, especially wrestling fans now, of how absolutely taboo being gay was at this time. Yeah. Also, even, even at this time. Also, I I thought that the interviews were a little weaker than I would hope. I think they were the strongest in this episode. Really, I thought they were pretty weak. Um, I liked it. I liked the James Mitchell aspect see, because see, they were so see, close. That's, and I think that's where I kind of was like, okay, James Mitchell. You know, the, the association did not hit me directly, but I feel not. like they were very close. Um, I like DDP's yeah. stuff in there because they were very close. Um, and you know, with Chris Canyon, Chris Canyon, I think does not get enough credit that he deserves. He was right. a great, he was a great wrestler, but he just was fighting, you know, being gay, especially mm-hmm. in that generation, in that industry, um, being bipolar, mm-hmm. heavily bipolar, and being very depressed. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's where it kind of lost me too, because it's like these subjects were at one point in time very taboo. Right, and it's well, what, hard. What can it's you hard do? in our world to understand that that was a thing back then. I feel like they tried to whitewash that connection. Yeah, and I'm sorry, the pro wrestling industry is not sunshines and rainbows. Right, clearly, there's three seasons yeah. of Dark Side of the Ring for a reason. They needed to really put this out on the table. Yeah, and it's you either do the episode like. Boom, get every perspective, get everything, and you need to tie it in with the current generation. And they did not do right. this with Chris Canyon. Right. They they needed to maybe, maybe they have needed to maybe, give a little more uh perspective on okay, this was, What what about what about gay wrestlers? Let's get right. let's let's get other gay wrestlers talking about this. Right. How did Canyon did Canyon change their lives as well? Like right. you had the Young Bucks and Cage who were directly linked with Canyon, but what about the other gay wrestlers? Right. What about that perspective? We right. did not get that at all. Right. And I think that was a golden missing opportunity. That was. Abs- it could have been very inspirational. It really could have been. But it really, you know, it really kind of cast that dark shadow, which it, is fine because that's what Dark Side of the Ring is. Right. But we maybe- we, we, we have seen them do great work about the tie-in. They yeah. just didn't do it with this episode. No, they didn't. And it really sucks. Um, ooh, that's um, FMW. Ah, I love this episode. This was a great episode. Never heard of the promotion until this. And this this was a perfect example of what we were talking about in the last three episodes. They got every perspective. Yeah, they, they did. got investigators. They got the they got um, Onata or Anita or whatever mm-hmm. his name is. They got the daughter of the owner who hung himself. They got. Everything. Yeah. Um, and I love this episode because they really dive down on what made this thing successful and right. the downfall. And it was, I thought they did it so great. Right. 
And I, I learned something. I learned a lot about a promotion that I never heard of. And then you saw what they did yeah. and the impact. And you're like, wow, I see a lot of what FMW did, even in your GCWs, mm -hmm. in your, well, well, we'll talk about XPW here soon. Yeah. And you see a lot of that connection there. Yeah. Um, I liked how they got Terry Funk and, you know, Mick Foley, who wrestled here, talk about it as well, mm -hmm. which I thought that was great. Um, there was just a lot of really good stuff with this episode. There was. Um, I I would recommend this episode too, like yeah. just as much as the Nick Gage episode is the FMW yeah, one. Exactly. Even if you haven't heard of it, you're gonna learn a lot of great stuff. Also, what I like about this are two big things that I took away from this. Number one, when you establish a promotion based on a gimmick, don't try to change that gimmick. Right. FMW was barbed wire explosions and blah. But when Onata left, they tried to go away from that, which was a problem. Um, and then you got the paralyzation of their next star, which yep. they got the footage for that. Scariest thing ever. Yeah. But and then you got that feel good thing where he actually walked to the ring. And yeah. I loved that. Mm -hmm. um, you got you got a good feeling at the end. You learn something. And also I think you learn more about the power of the Yakuza in the entertainment industry, especially in Japan. You got to be – and it is so today. That's mm. scary. But this was really prevalent even then, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. I love this episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This was um, Johnny K-9. Ah, Johnny K-9. See, another wrestler that I really hadn't heard of before this episode. Right. Um, which is fine, and, and I got a really interesting story out of it. But, you know, again, this is this is one of those things where they have really strong episodes, but right. they're just very obscure. Right. If, and, if, if they were going to do something with this, because a lot of his um, recognition actually came from Deep South, mm -hmm. I feel like a Deep South episode would be something that would be really interesting to yeah. do um i liked i did like this episode but once again they went into the criminal organizational thing very vaguely yeah. and i was not entirely a fan of that because that's I, that's what made johnny canine yeah. as infamous as he was right and i didn't really know a lot about it you know the the criminal organization and what they you know, I mean, obviously they can't go into too much detail right. of what they did. This is this is in gangland. They say they can't really do a whole lot based on that. But right. you know, right? They yeah, and it's like you know maybe if they did a tie-in with gangland because I think gangland's a vice property, isn't it? I believe so. I think it was on Spike, which is no, that's on Viacom. Oh, I can't it's remember. A Viacom I'll, I'll I'll have to double check on. That. I think it is. Okay. Hmm. Well, anyways, um, the point being is they should have done a tie-in. I don't I don't like being I don't like being criminal organization. Exactly. I don't um, like being a dick, but I. I feel like this is one of the weaker episodes. It, it kind of is, again, a very obscure person, not not knowing a lot about what's happening. Um, right. And that's kind of, there's, it. It was, it was kind of a clusterfuck season as a part of, like, really big stuff, maybe some obscure stuff. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, not everything has to be big stuff. But we need, maybe, a, little, maybe we need a, a little more. They should have done a Deep South episode before they did this episode. Right. Get us a little more get history little of the more promotions right, exactly. and all that. Exactly. Something um, like that. And I was actually thinking about this earlier. What if they did, like, a spinoff of Dark Side of the Ring with some maybe more of the obscure stuff? Mm -hmm. And I think that probably would have been a little bit better mm -hmm. than, you know, just this. But that's just me personally. I did like the episode, but once yeah. again, it's kind of vague. Kind of a weird one, too. It was. So, because here's the other thing. Um, Johnny K-9's um, criminal involvement was, like, almost implied. Because right. they're like, 
unless he did this, I couldn't imagine it. And right. I'm like, you know, it kind of gives a shadow of who was this guy. Right. And I'm not sure if that's not really what you wanted. Right. You know? Anyway. Uh, Luna Vachon. This ex- episode, I loved this episode. Uh, yeah. But again, a wrestler who is probably a little more obscure than they deserve credit for. Right. You know, if you know, you know. If you don't know who the hell is Luna Vachon, you don't know. If you don't know who Luna Vachon is, then you're an idiot. Because she was she was on a big stage. Well, she, was, she was. She was prominent, but she wasn't prominent at the right time. And right. that, I think, is where it kind that, that's, of... That's where, that's where it kind of hurt not only her career, but the episode in general. Right. Now, with Dark Side of the Ring, they're trying to bring this more into light. And I think they did a great job with Luna. Yeah. And I think, once again, it's another testament of how significant not only was she, but how significant her situation was. Right. And what she did with women's wrestling. Right. Did people know that she was a third-generation wrestler? No. N- at all. No, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, huge wrestlers. Mad mm-hmm. Dog, Dog Vachon was her uncle. It's like, right. how would you know that? Right. They didn't do really much of a tie-in there. Let's talk about the family. Like right. with the Von Erics, they talked about the family. Right. Um, with Chris Benoit, he was a first-generation pretty much. Mm-hmm. What, what the fuck can you do from that point? Right. So, But... And also, once again, here's another thing where she just kind of lost out based on because number also number one, she was a mother before getting into the wrestling industry, right. and I think now it's more of a um, it's more of a thing of you got to have that work life balance, and they, at this in this era you did not have that. Right nowadays in WWE, you most certainly do. It's right. not like the Wild West like it was twenty years ago. Right. It maybe is on the Indies, but not now. Like right. especially with AEW, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. You're not gonna get that. Um, and also, you know, the bipolar stuff. And it's something to really keep an eye on. And they did and I think it was a great thing that they did a um they did like the suicide hotline for not only this one, but they did it for um uh, Chris Canyons too. Yeah, and I think I wonder if they added that in after Daphne. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think they added that in after Daphne because mm-hmm. it touched on some pretty heavy subjects. Well, right, because you know Luna died of I think she I think she died of a drug overdose. If I'm yeah, not something mistaken. like that. And I I know Chris Canyon committed suicide. Right. I do know that for a fact. Um, but this once again is just something where I I think it's great that um that dark side of the ring really, really does these episodes because I well, think... Well, I think a, Vice is known for just doing that kind of stuff in general. Right. You know. And Vi- Vice is a big thing. I feel like they needed to do a little more promotion with this season. I right? think so, I did, too, I didn't, see I didn't a give lot a lot of, of promotion. And here's the other thing. They obviously have a great working relationship with AEW. Why didn't they have maybe some more promotion during AEW television? This exactly. Is, this is hardcore fans... On TNT, right? Like that's big, yeah. and they could they could carve out some space for Dark Side. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they did a few of them, but I watched AEW on the reg. Yeah. Like I I know what they do, and it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Especially with something like Vice, like that's a that's right. not though that's not you know some chicken scratch channel. I'm right. pretty sure um, TNT would be more than happy to work with them for some commercial airtime. Oh yeah, X. 
I loved this episode. Again, a promotion I've never heard about, but I got a lot of great history out of it. It felt a little too... Um, I don't think they focused enough on the wrestling aspect mm. of it, which I think was one of the weaker they they, fo- they focused too much on a guy who refused to talk, right. and that was Rob Black. Right. And I did not like that. I get it. Rob Black was the personality that really drove into this. Right, but again, it just it didn't focus enough on the... It, it didn't keep my interest as much as I was hoping it would. Right. Um, I like some of the wrestlers like the Messiah. I like that backstage thing where it cut, he cut off his finger and they showed like the um, all that stuff. I loved this episode for a lot of reasons. Yeah, um, it was it was I, again great history lesson. Never heard. You know, didn't really. Hear, I, I, I I heard about the promotion before, but I didn't really know about it. Right. Um. But you know, again. I feel like I feel like like I, I think I think that they focus too much on the behind the scenes stuff and not enough on the actual. Well, I think I think that's what made it famous right. was think, the behind the scenes stuff, and I think they did enough wrestling to keep me personally interested. But then there was the um, there was the affair, which was a huge thing that made XPW really right. really famous because when the Messiah left. Um, he wrestled for other companies and trashed them, which I, once again, love the footage. I love that backstage. Oh, yeah. But once again, here is where you had to at least have had somebody who's close to K-9. Right. Or not K-9, I'm sorry, who is close to Rob Black or even Rob Black on this episode. I do not know why he did not want to talk. Right. Well, I think I think I know why he did, but um, it, this was just something where he needed that additional contact. Yeah, you did. And I think I think this whole season was marred by that reality. Right. You needed flair for playing right from right. hell. There you, wasn't a lot of context. Right. And I think that's why I really liked FMWs. If Oneta was not on that episode, we would have missed a lot of additional context. Right. Like if Anoki wasn't on the Korean, collision in Korea, exactly, we would have missed down a lot. Well, of we we had, or if Eric Bischoff wasn't on there because Eric Bischoff was the direct link from WCW having those guys going over there. Right. So there was a lot of stuff there, and XPW, I think, was like the nail in the coffin for what I think is why it was one of the weaker seasons ratings-wise. I think subject-wise, it was one of the strongest seasons. Oh, yeah. And finally, probably, uh, this was a great episode. It was. They ended on a, uh, again, this is a prominent piece of writing. And, and they had they had a lot of, great, a lot of great, great context. People. Yes. Great context. They had the lawyer representing the WWE. They had, I think, the person representing Vince, which I thought was great. I didn't know that. Right. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. They had, they had, um, they had journalists. I really, I really they had wanted multiple journalists. Now, they I, had. Did did you did you ever do research on if Doctor Zahorian was still alive? Because if I he was there, that would have been I crazy. Couldn't, I couldn't find any information on it. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, and again, they, 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 oh, here's the thing. Hogan was not on this episode, but they had a lot of sound clips of his previous interviews mm-hmm. that I think gave more of his version of it because Hogan was the nail in the coffin for the prosecution, right. um, relating to McMahon. Um, I liked that he basically, that McMahon made this into a circus right. where he got the surgery like strategically then. And he even said it was strategically done then. Right. So and you get sympathy. Um, obviously, McMahon is not going to appear on this, but. I, I think it would have been great. But I think it would have been. It would have been cool. And I think that, I think that 
Vice, WWE's never going to agree to it, but the less they, some people associate with they, it, they, they, they knocked the steroid trial thing out of park. Yep, they didn't even have to get Vince McMahon to say or, or, well, like I said, they had the clips of Hogan, they had the lawyer, they had, mm-hmm. you know, the prosecution there, they had every, they had a lot of people there. They, don't, they had all the perspectives that they needed, I think. I think a, it was I a think, strong episode to end on. Um, you know, again, it's something that a lot of the, your casual wrestling fans will know about. Right. It was I, I had well some. Known. I had some laughs. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also the, the one thing that I really liked about this episode is that it was very strategy focused based on the steroid trials. Yeah. And they really made sure that you got the full context of what the McMahon side was doing because that was the main focus. We knew what the right. focus was about the steroid trials. Right. And. I feel like um, they it, it was it was just a, a great episode. This one once again was awesome. Um, that was the last episode. Once again, Dark Side of the Ring really crushes it. But I wonder what they're gonna do for season four. Right. If they're doing a season four, I really hope they do. There's so much to talk about that they haven't even touched upon. Right. And I think it would be great. They haven't talked about Scott Hall. They haven't talked about the whole NWO, just period. Mm-hmm. It, you know, because there's so much there. They haven't talked about uh, the um, Ring Boy scandal at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's so much still there. Um, where, based on, like, the ratings, do you believe Dark Side of the Ring is going to continue? Well, absolutely it's going to continue. Do you believe that the season will be sooner rather than later? Because now keep I don't in mind that the same the same production crew is doing the dark side of football. They're doing the dark side of the nineties, and I'm hearing they're thinking about doing the dark side of the eighties. Um, and I I like the dark side of football. I I think it's really good, and I do I heard really good things about the dark side of the nineties. Maybe I'll touch upon that, but. Dark Side of the Ring will always be number one. Like, oh, yeah. That's always been a staple, and I think that they're going to continue onwards. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that, you know, I hope that they take some of the lessons learned, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is just get more perspectives. I yep. think. Get a, get a more balanced perspective. Under on- Understand your focus. Right. Understand what you want to do, and if a, and if a person or a situation needs two parts— Needs two parts. Exactly. No problem. Exactly. So I feel like the two parts were because it was Brian Pillman, not it needs two parts. Right. Crispin Waugh's episode needed two parts. Right. And they really talked about two totally different things. They all revolved around the same person. Right. And they talked a lot about the events that led up to it and the events after it. So I think there was a natural break there. But with we, with, I, with Brian Pillman's, it's a little more challenging. Because there really wasn't a good break, I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah. I legitimately don't think so either. So anyways, that's all we got. If you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know down below in the comments, wherever you're listening or watching this on. Let us know what you thought. Did you watch the third season of Dark Side of the Ring? What are your predictions for the next topics for season four? We want to hear from you. Yep, and Um, uh, what's going on next week? Next week, it's all going to be about Power Struggle. Super stacked card. There's like five title matches, nine matches in total. So there's a lot going on with that. Um, We'll come back with Heckland. We're coming back with Wrestling. There's no other pay-per-views. So we'll be doing that. Follow us on social media for any updates and uh, become a patron. And as always, be majestic.